Welcome to the Toss Mills Odoi Macarius podcast. Toss Mills Odoi is an apostle, teacher, and a sought-after speaker in international Christian leadership conferences. He is a son of Bishop Daguerre Mills, who is the founder of the United Denominations and a best-selling author. With over 20 years' experience in church planting around the world and in the training and sending of missionaries, Apostle Toss currently serves at the Makaras Church Teshi in Accra, Ghana, a vibrant church seeking to win the lost at all cost. He is also a director in the Daguerre Mills Ministries. Now, listen to Toss Mills Odoi. Father in heaven, we ask for your presence and the power of your Holy Spirit to teach us. Truly, we need to hear from you. We want to hear from you. We ask that your Holy Spirit who is here with us will teach us. We thank you for the presence of Jesus here to teach us himself. We thank you that we will hear from you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Put your hands together as we take our seats. You all will come to church this morning, and I'm continuing preaching from um, Bishop's new book, The Privilege. Amen. The Privilege. Oh, put your hands together for Jesus. I have found serving God to be the greatest privilege that I'm... Um, has been extended to me, that has happened to me. You see, because for all of us, you find out that people go to school. They, um, please turn all your phones off or put it on silent. People go to school to learn medicine because they believe that when they finish, they'll work for an important organization or the government or something and earn a bit of money. People go to school to learn law, to work for an important organization, you know, because when you do law, you can get a good job. Yeah, people go to school to learn business, accounting, you know, so that when they finish, they can get good jobs with um, Pete Marwick, with KPMG, with um, Deloitte and Touche. I mean, when you um, do a good cause, you are likely to end up with a good job because a good job is a good job because of who employs you. Amen. You see, but I want to say that if we truly believe that God is the creator of the world and that the sheep on a thousand hills are his, that the Bible says the silver is mine and the gold is mine, says the Lord, then you should also believe that the greatest employer you can have the best employer you can have the employer that will make you the most prosperous will be god amen, amen. if you believe it if you believe it if you believe it you see the greatest employer on earth can only promise you money and finances but he cannot promise you wealth you see if you've been reading the news in a certain way for the past few which like two weeks ago, they said that the net worth of the top three billionaires in the world, uh, Bill, Bill Gates, Elon Musk, and Jeff Bezos, have lost 140 what billion dollars this year. Yes, that their net worth had dropped by 44% in a year. I don't think my net worth had dropped by 44% this year. Yes, based on who I'm working for. Having lost 44% of my wealth, 44%, 140 billion, even that 1 billion, I don't have some. Even 1 million, I don't have some. <laughs> yes, 1 million dollars, I don't have some. But these guys have lost 140 billion. So you find out that in terms of quantitative terms, I've become richer. At least they have become poorer. But I've become richer because of who I'm working for. Not, I'm not saying I'm, I am as rich as them now. That's, that's, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that in pure quantity terms, they have become poorer because of who they are working for. And I have become richer because of who I am working for. Who am I working for? God. Who am I working for? God. Amen. 
So I want to introduce this same God to you who has employed me. The good thing about the God who has employed me is that he employs anybody who wants to him to employ him. He may not employ you as a full-time worker. He can employ you as a lay worker. But he says that some he employed at 6 o'clock. Some he employed at 9 o'clock. Some he employed at 12 o'clock. Some he employed at 3 o'clock. At the end of the day, he paid everybody the same. Because, if, because look, if you employ me as a lay worker and I dig 6 meters and the person to who you employ as a full-time worker also takes six meters. Why wouldn't you pay them the same? Why? If they've done the same amount of work, why wouldn't you pay them the same? So if me, the full-time worker, I do A, B, C, and you look at this God and say, you know, I'll serve you, but in the lay capacity. And you may not be able to do the A, B, C, I do, but you can do A, then you can get your A from God. Plus, your BCDE from your other employer as well. Why wouldn't you want to come and add yourself and join such a God? When you come and serve the God I serve, he says that I promise you houses, lands. I don't know whether if you go and work for Eddie's Pizza, they'll give you houses and lands. I mean, I don't know. They may, but I don't know. When you go for the interview, they are likely to give you money. But they're not likely to give you houses and lands and mothers. They may even give you houses and lands, but what about mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters? What are brothers and sisters? Brothers and sisters are good relationships you can have. I tell you, when you do life a little better, you respect good relationships. Oh, yes. You look, the worst thing you can have is a bad friend. Do you know that all King David's problems, capital A, capital L, capital L, all King David's problems came from one of his sons called Amnon, who had a bad friend. Oh, yes. Absalom was created because of Amnon's bad friend. The curse of Nathan was implemented because of Amnon's bad friend. Who the Bible says that Amnon fell in love with his sister. Instead of his friend telling him, you are mad. You are a stupid boy. You've always been stupid from birth. Instead of his friend blasting that idea, he said, I can help you. <laughs> I can help you. Dangerous friend. But when you come to church and you serve the God I serve, and he gives you friends in church, you cannot even share your bad thoughts with them. Don't look at your husband. He said, ah. Now where's your friend? He said, you, can't, you, not, you cannot even share it with them. And the Bible says, can two work together except they be agreed. So gradually, you become a better person. A better person. Always find an opportunity to do something for God. When you come to church, Never think that you can't contribute to the church. Never think that you can't contribute to the church. Never think that you can't contribute to the church. When you come to church, humble yourself and ask yourself, what can I do to help? What can I do to contribute? Always know that God does not need you. Let it be imprinted in your hand, in your heart. Humble yourself. What can I? I ask myself, since I joined this church, how has the church improved because of me? What, what have I contributed to the church? Is it not me who has gained? Friends. You know, last week I was, um, uh, I was in my office and I think I wanted something to drink. Hey, you guys, you know, you should drink water a lot, eh? <laughs> Very important for your health. Water is more important than food. Anyway, I wanted water to drink. And when I looked around me, the only people who could serve me with water were good people. Good people. And I said, 
If it was not for the church, where would I meet such good people at? Outside the church are only bad people. <laughs> Friends of Amnon. Who only lead. Look, some people there. Any bad idea you have, they'll help you to implement it. And some people also, any good idea you have, they will help you to implement it. So I want to share with you about the privilege because it has changed my life. Number three, or uh, point number three. Today I'm sharing with you two points and then we close. About the privilege. We've shared about what the privilege means. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 1. I was talking to somebody yesterday. The person said, I heard you are not feeling well. And I said, yeah. Then the person said, ah, but you were in church last two weeks and last week and you were preaching. I said, see, for me, it's a privilege to be able to preach for God. Like, to, like, this, like this is what God is saying to his people. I will never keep back from it. Paul said, for we know that neither death nor life, angels or principalities, things present or things to come, height or death or any other thing shall be with you. It is such a privilege to serve God. If I'm sick, I'll preach. If I'm well too, I'll preach. The Bible says, shall we receive good of the Lord and shall we not receive evil with him also? Hebrews chapter 5. He says, for every high priest, that means that everybody who has been given the privilege is taken from amongst men and is prepared by God for men in things pertaining to God that he may be able to offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. Verse 2. Who can have compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way for that he himself is compassed with infirmity. You see, so when you come to church, eh, Never also think that you're saying you have some peculiar sin that we haven't seen some before. Like your sin there is of uh, the only person who understands you is Satan. <laughs> when you come to church, know that the person who has been called to preach and to teach and to um, minister to you uh, understands your problem. I remember many years ago, I was talking to Bishop Saki. I went to see him in his office and I was trying to um, present to him an example of a sin that is unimaginable and hasn't been seen in the church before. How, to my shock, there was no sin that he hadn't seen one in the last two weeks. Yes. Including a married man who had become gay. Inside the mind, he has turned to gay. He said, oh, somewhere sitting in front of me last, last week. Like the chair you are sitting on, that's where the gay man was sitting. Then I moved to the other chair. <laughs> yeah. The Bible says that there is no sin than, than the one that is common to man. So when you come, you see, the main problem is our pride. That makes us feel that we are special. If and check this body, never feel special. Verse 3. And by reason thereof, he ought, as for the people, so also for himself to offer sins. Because he also sins. I'm also a sinner. I'm not perfect. As I for the sake, I've been wondering that what sin has brought the sickness. <laughs> Yes, because you see, the wages of sin is death, and sickness is limited death. So, a sin that leads to sickness. Anyway, verse 4. <laughs> verse 4. And no man taketh this privilege upon himself, but he that is called of God, as was Aaron. And no man taketh this privilege, this honor. That's why you see when we call you in church, join the shepherd school. See that a privilege is extended to you. We say, help with this. 
See that a privilege is extended to you. Look, as a pastor, I don't want to use words that may make you feel bad. But I can assure you that most of the time, as we are giving you the job, you see, not that we lie, but sometimes we just make you feel good to encourage you by the things we see like, oh, since you, since you started this thing, you have changed the whole church. We've become so much better. Yeah, it's not true. <laughs> yeah, it's not true. We are saying it just to encourage you that we are doing well so you continue. So that you will be advised and we do it. <laughs> Look. You see, there are too many examples in my mind. One day, I gave somebody some work to do. Then, somebody called me from London and asked me, what is wrong with you? The person doesn't know anything about this church. Like, the person knows I'm the person. What is wrong with you? Why this person, like, what, like, this part of your work is failing. This part of the church is failing. It's terrible. I was quiet. Then I told the person, I will never change <laughs> the person who does this work. He said, but it's not working. He said, the person is not doing it because it's working. No. The person is doing it because I want the person to be committed in church. <laughs> oh, yes, oh, yes. I told the person, I'm a bishop. I must know what I'm doing. You are sitting in London. Do you know how I got to where I am? <laughs> Me, I can change the person with you. I say, I'll never change it. We'll be clapped. Oh, we will. <laughs> you don't know me well. But you see, you see the person to the world. We are only doing it to encourage you. So that one day you become better. We just want you to be committed to God. Not because we are good. Not because you are good. Not because you are good. Those of you who are mothers, when your daughter, you are teaching your daughter to cook, and the okra stew is terrible, don't you say, wow, that is good. This is the best okra stew I've ever eaten. Just not to discourage the person. Mommy, oh, yes. They still, the banco is like tatale, but you sort of, see, you don't want to discourage the person. So you just say, wow, Rudy, is your banco, it's a new formula. <laughs> Not that it's a new formula. It's the most, if it, uh, one day, I went to cook. What did I cook? I cooked some, I don't know, was it jollof or something? If I tell you eh, that even my dogs didn't eat the food when we gave it to them, I'm telling you a true story. When nobody in the house could eat it, neither my wife, who pretended it was nice, took a few spoons and sort of like, I'm full. <laughs> my children were a bit more um, truthful. They said, Daddy, so at the end, I said, it's nice, I'll eat it. It was in the fridge, day one, day two, day three. And one day my wife went to where that I secretly, quickly told the house to go and give it to the dogs. The dogs didn't eat it. <laughs> the dogs didn't eat it. So you see, many times the things we even do in church, even for which we are applauded, for which we are applauded, it's not even because we are excellent, though. it's just to encourage us to continue in their privilege so that we get better and better and better at it amen so the point for today is the first point for today is the privilege is an honor to become a shepherd the honor of becoming a shepherd hmm. number one it is a great honor to be chosen from amongst men because 
We are all in church. We all come. You see, the thing is, the Bible says God takes us from glory to glory. You see, so when you are being taken higher, it's a sign that something good has been seen about you. Something little has been seen about you. That is good. And the Bible says that unto him who has shall more be given and he shall have abundance. In your own office, when you are being considered for promotion, it's usually because your bosses have seen something good about you. And so they want to make you better. They want to take you higher. You see, I remember when Renee was telling me about how Eddie's Pizza started. Small. They were failing at Ring Road. It had struggled. Then they called. They said, oh, I can't do it. Something small. Oh, I can't do it. Like you manage one branch. Oh, I'll try. Then from there, they expanded. They expanded. So it is what it is today. Amen. So in everything that you do, the little effort you make is what will be rewarded and it will be kept on being rewarded until you become something great. So never shy away from responsibility. Whenever you shy away from responsibility, you are taking yourself lower and lower and lower. Amen. So you are honored when you are chosen from amongst men and say, please join in. Why would put an armed robber in the shepherd school? So the sign that you are being recommended for something, humble yourself and don't think you are too high. Number two, it is a great honor to be ordained to have a job in things pertaining to God. Like I was saying from the beginning, God is the greatest employer. God is the best employer. I am recommending God to you. I'm recommending you. You see, whenever I pick out this book to share, you see, I remember reading it because a few, about two weeks before, she, she called me almost complaining. She said, Apostle, I don't do anything in church. I only sing for, I, I only see one song once a week. It was complaining that it's not enough. I want to do more. And I was thinking of what more, to, I mean, it touched me. You see, because I saw somebody who maybe feels grateful to God that God has done so much for me. To sing one song once a week is too bad. It's not something I should be happy about. It's too bad. Hmm. Number three. It's a great honor to relate to God directly on behalf of the people. You see, when you become a shepherd, you intercede for people between God and them. You become a mediator. A few days ago, someone was sick and called me. And as I was praying for the person's healing, it occurred to me that, hey, he said, I'm talking to God on the person's behalf. I mean, I felt a certain weight of responsibility that I'm mediating. I'm asking God to move on the person's behalf. I'm asking, see, like I'm doing something pertaining to God, talking to God on the person's behalf, making a request to God. You see, if you come and talk to me on behalf of someone, at the end of the day, you get close to me, not even the person for whom you are making the request. So the more you, be, see, like as I'm standing here, the truth is, I'm speaking to you on behalf of God. I'm mediating. I'm appealing to you on behalf of God to work for him. Not to work for me. To work for him. It's a great thing to do this in things pertaining to God. Not to me. When I take um, the, the tithe at the end of the service, I'm appealing to you to help to provide for the church and to help to bring meat and provision to God's house. You may not know, but we are building a cathedral in Bafata from this uh, Macario South. Oh, yes. You see, all the money you gave, your tithe and your offerings, is sent to Bafata in Guinea-Bissau. Uh, yes. So whatever you give, eh, what you doing? You are helping to build the house of God somewhere. It's a great honor. It's a great blessing. So when you don't pay your tithe also, you are preventing yourself from having the honor of building the house of God in Bafata. And it's just your house you are building. And remember that we are in a year of 
seed time and harvest. As you build a house for God in Bafata, God will also build a house for you. Help you to finish your house. Help you to complete your house. As you provide shelter for the people of God in Bafata, God will also help you to have shelter in your own life. In the name of Jesus. As you buy paint for the cathedral in Bafata, God will also provide paint for you in your own house. As you beautify the house of God in Bafata, God will also beautify your own house for you. So don't prevent yourself from having that honor in the name of Jesus. Number four, it is an honor to have compassion on people. Mm. You see, let me tell you something. When David fell into sin, God gave him three options. Number one, that there will be famine in Israel. Number two, that he would fall into the hands of his enemies. Number three, that God would judge him. When David looked at the thing, he said, no, it's better to fall into the hands of God. And I agree with David. Human beings, we don't forgive them. <laughs> Human beings. Have you ever seen a case in court where, where they finally tried the case? The judge looks at the thing and he has, okay, yes, you are guilty. You are guilty. You are guilty. You are guilty. But I forgive you. You go home. No. Human beings, you operate by the law. There's no compassion. It is only a priest who can forgive. Look, when I look at, look, if you know the kind of sins we've forgiven, you see that the sins we've forgiven, you have not thought about them before. And yours is small. I cannot say them from the mic. When we close from church, you can come and see me. I'll tell you the kind of sins we are forgiving before. Hey! Human beings are bad though. When you take the devil away, human beings are next. But the Bible says that God raises up a high priest who can bear the sins of the people and have compassion. That when you bring your sin, he pities you. He said that, look, and look, if you are in your right mind, you won't do, you won't do the sin. So for you to have done it, you go and sin no more. Then as you are going and you open the door going, then he'll call you. In case you sin again, don't worry. Like the person who has told you sin, sin no more. As you get to the door, like as you are walking from his desk to the door, he knows that, look, it's not like that. He'll call you and say, you know, one day there was, I don't know if it was a brother or sister who backslid and left the church. Then I heard, I think it was a she, doing this, doing that, doing this, doing that, doing this, doing that. So one day I, no, it was a him, it was a him. I remember the person. So one day I sent him a message. I said, when you finish all that you are doing, no matter how long it takes, come back. I'll be waiting for you with open arms. Ah, oh, yes. I told you. When you finish everything you are doing, hey, somebody who was close to me like this, oh, I didn't know whether he even became an armed robber or what. I told him, when you finish everything you are doing, no matter how long it takes, you come. I'll be waiting for you with open arms. Do you know what his reply was? Yes, pastor. I'll be back. <laughs> that was his reply. I never saw him for maybe two, three years. Then one day, I received a message. I'm back. Then I said, come and see me. As I speak to you, I found him a wife he's going to marry. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. But I think that doesn't define a person. No. Who, there are two kinds of backsliders. Those you know about and those you don't know about. Those are the two kinds of backsliders. 
Some of you are sitting in church this morning, oh, backslide fully. But oh, suits, tie, nice. Oh, but you are. <laughs> These are the two kinds of backsliders. What did Jesus say? He said, These people, they draw near me with their lips, but their hearts are far. So, me, I'm not impressed by your church attendance. Oh. That's why you see, it is your commitment, your extra commitment, that shows me who you are. When there's no commitment, oh, ah, go back where there's even some girl waiting for you in your bed. As you are in church now, and I'm preaching, you are laughing. When they clap, you clap. When they laugh, you laugh. There's a girl in your bed. When did they just start this work? <laughs> when did they just start this work? But it's okay. You leave the girl in your bed. It's okay. Come to church. When you go back, she'll be waiting for you. Don't worry. Be in church again next week. <laughs> be in church again next week. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, keep, keep coming. The Bible says, For Jesus knew from the beginning who it was who would betray him. As for moving with Judas in the boat, Judas ate some of that 5,000 fish and five loaves. He was planning to sell Jesus. Jesus was still looking at the guy. He didn't say anything. Yeah. So you never think you have deceived anyone. The Bible says that God is not slack concerning his promises. As some men count slackness. But he's patient. Patient. Not willing that any should perish. But that all men, after they are backslidden, should come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Look, you know, the Bible says that when, G- when uh, the day of Pentecost came, many of the Pharisees gave their lives to Christ. Yes. They never of- obeyed Jesus while he was alive. Day of Pentecost. It rather Peter they believed. Yes. So keep coming. Let the girl, ah, let, ah, the weed that is in your top pocket, uh, your top drawer, it's okay. You let the weed be there like that. Smoke it at 6 p.m. But but you next week Sunday come to church again. It's okay. It's okay. One day you go home and say, This week, how does he help me? How does he help me? And then you throw it away. And you tell yourself, I'll save God from today. You see, <laughs> the Bible says that. Uh, the word of God that goes out from his mouth, it shall never return to him void. That's why I said, keep coming. The word will be growing. The word will be growing. One day it will blossom and bring forth fruit. And then you will change yourself. No, 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 but one day I went to see an uncle, this type of quarrelsome uncles who want to challenge you. So he said, Toss. I said, Yes. He said, I've heard you have become a bishop. I said, by the grace of God. Then he said, convert me. <laughs> convert me. And I told him that I, that I cannot convert you. It's only God who can convert you. They began to look at me. He didn't know what to say again. They said, okay, 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 okay. He did that quite some garment. <laughs> convert me. He just wants to quarrel. The job of a high priest is to have compassion. Somebody comes and you can see that life is not working. Life is not working. Hopes have been dashed. The man who said, come, I'll help you to get a job, only wants to sleep with her. And she has to make a decision and makes a decision for God. And because of that, she still doesn't have a job. So she comes to, you know, Sometimes people come to church. They don't pay their tithe. It's not because they don't love God. Though. It's because there's no money to you to pay the tithe. If the person pays that tithe, death is next. You have to have compassion. And not down begin to read the 104 cases of non-tithers. 104 cases grouped into three paragraphs. Each of them has about 40 cases for non-tithers. Blight, sicknesses, grouped into one chapter. Poverty, another chapter. Misfortune, 
And no. The person doesn't have food to eat. That's why they didn't pay his time. Not that he doesn't love God. You need to have compassion on them that are out of the way. Some of them to based on the house they come from. They cannot stop immorality. Like David said, I was born in sin and in sin did my mother conceive me. You have to learn to have compassion. Don't be so judgmental. Quick to judge, quick to condemn you. Take your time. You know, and when we come to church, eh, dear fellow Christians, learn not to say bad things about people and your fellow Christian. It's not necessary. Everybody is already weighed down by their sins and their life problems. Look, everybody here has a problem, a current one. Look, everybody here has two kinds of problems. Long-standing problems and current ones. As they are in check this morning, everybody has two kinds of problems. They don't need you to come and add another one that has not, like, they put that one in their wardrobe. You've gone to break. No. Have compassion that you too, you have your own problems. Learn to have compassion. Learn to have compassion. It's part of being a servant of God. I was studying about the life of David and I saw something. David, eh, he was one of the most wicked people ever created by God until Bathsheba. Oh, yes. David. David very only only killing people for no reason. One look, one day he went to rob a Philistine village, and to conceal his sin, he killed everybody, so that nobody would go and see that it's King David who came here. How wicked can you be? Until the day he slept with Bathsheba, and Nathan told him, "Thou art the man." From that day. David never killed anybody till he died. You even curse him, you say, I leave you to God. Some of us here, God cures our wickedness by allowing us to sin. The day you sin is the day you now develop compassion. And because of your wicked, accusing, never forgiving, always judging posture, God will make you sin. So that you learn that good people can do bad things and are still good people. Yes. Learn to have compassion. Learn to have compassion. Number five. It is an honor because you are surrounded by your own sins. Hmm. Acts 3.12 And when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? Or why look ye so earnestly on us? As though by our own power or holiness we had made this man to walk. Any good thing that comes out of us is because of the God part of us. Out of our humanness is only sin and badness. Even Jesus, you know, those of you that when they ask you how how are you, you say I'm good. <laughs> you are good, eh? When they told Jesus, good master, his reply was, why callest thou me good? There's no one good but God. You. When they ask, how are you? I'm good. When Jesus is saying, I'm not good, you are saying, I'm good. Okay? When you get to heaven, you sort it out with him. <laughs> Next and last point for today. This, a beautiful point. Point number two. Is the privilege, when you take out the privilege of a shepherd, somebody who does something for God, listen to this. It is the privilege of being brought near. Of being brought near as a shepherd. When you are a shepherd, you are immediately brought near to God. Just as when you are made a minister of state, you are immediately brought near to the president. Numbers chapter 16 verse 8. And Moses said unto Korah, Hear I pray ye, ye sons of Levi. See, it a small thing unto you, that the Lord God of Israel has 
separated you from the congregation of Israel. When you take upon yourself the privilege of a shepherd, you are separated from the congregation. To bring you near to himself. To bring you near to himself. To do the service or the work of the tabernacle of the Lord. And to stand before the congregation of the Lord. To minister unto them. And he has brought you near to him. And all thy brethren, the sons of Levi with thee. And seek ye the priesthood also. For which cause? Both thou and all thy company are gathered against the Lord. And what is Aaron that you murmur against him? Number one. It is a privilege to be made a shepherd of God's people. You see, one day I was thinking about church growth. And God came to ask me that if you were a parent, if you were a parent, who would you give your children to to take care of them? Somebody who would take good care of them or somebody who would just mistreat them or not even care for them. And I saw that if you were God, you would give your children to people who would take good care of them. So when God looks in their congregation and sees you, and says, mm, I think this person can take good care of my children. It means God has analyzed you, God has assessed you, and God has decided that ah, this is a good person. Now, when God proposes to you to work for him, and then you just throw him off, it's not everybody you bounce over. Have you watched this film before? Acrimony. When you bound there, you won't get away with it like that. Oh. You can lose your life because you bounce them. We were in Ghana when Rawlings was president, and a certain boy went to bounce Rawlings's daughter. Up to today, the guy hasn't recovered. Both he, his mother, father, they've all not recovered. That family. You can't bounce people. But you're going to bounce the president's chairman's daughter, Chairman Rawlings. You've told his daughter you don't love her anymore. She goes home with a sad face. Was it Ezanato? I think it was Ezanato. MP4 Usu Kloti. They bounced there. She went home crying. <laughs> I'm sure her mother said, Why? Why won't you eat? <laughs> oh, what's your problem? We'll solve it. Your father is Chairman Rollings. I'm also Nana Kudedu, more powerful than Chairman Rollings. <laughs> Forgive. It's just a joke, whether I do know. But she said, My heart, my fragile heart is broken. What happened to your fragile heart that is broken? My boyfriend. He said it doesn't me. What do you say? Coffee Jantua or what was that guy's name? Coffee Jantua. Ah. Coffee. 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 God will punish you. Coffee. What could you say? Who is coffee? Oh, coffee, coffee. You know, chairman, he calls coffee, coffee. Coffee, coffee. Ha! Coffee says he doesn't have it. You, you, you leave it to me. The next day, they caught coffee for overspeeding. <laughs> they caught coffee for overspeeding. <laughs> hey, you are using guy now. Daily guide front page. 
they've taken Kofi to Castle Guard Room. Used beer bottle to shave his head for over speeding in a car. Yes. Before then, three three days, his parents said they can't find him. Then when they found him, they said they've caught him for over speeding. So they've taken him to castle guard room. When castle was castle, guard room, they used beer bottle to shave his head. After that, they discovered that his mother's three-story building at East Legon was built where? On a waterway. On a waterway. So what has happened? A bulldozer has what? Brought the building down. Next time you choose who you bounce carefully. <laughs> you choose who you bounce carefully. Now, if you can bounce the daughter of an important person and not get away with it, how much more sorrow punishment do you think it will be when you bounce God when he has asked you to take care of his children? You may be surprised that that's why things are the way they are. Ah, oh, yes. That God has given you money. He said, I won't pay tithe. Hey, he said, you are bouncing God. You've stolen his money. I said, we were in Ghana. Look, we were transfixed. We couldn't believe it. They said the three-story building is on the waterway at East Legon. They've pulled it down. I see, when we were building the foundation, it wasn't on the waterway. <laughs> First floor, second floor, third floor. It was after their daughter was bounced that it was discovered. Suddenly, it's on the waterway. Be careful who you bounce. Never bounce God. It is an honor he brings you near. Because you see, if I employ you to take care of my children, by all means, I must see you as a very important person in my life. I'll be talking to you all the time, giving you instructions for my children, this, that, that. You'll be a very important person. Once you've taken up that job of a shepherd, to be brought near. Number two, it is a privilege to be separated from the congregation. You are made different. What makes Miss Ghana different? Look, I tell you, eh, if you've ever known a Miss Ghana in real life, you see that they are not the prettiest girl in any Ghana. Ho! Oh! Maybe you haven't seen them before or you don't know them before they became... Look, one of my friends became Miss Ghana. Who? <laughs> when we heard that she, had, that she was contesting for Miss Eastern Region, eh? we began to laugh among ourselves. In fact, we were saying she went as a joke. No, no. All of us were friends together with her. Like, we're all friends in Adwell. We said, oh, it's a joke. We said, oh, you go chop, you go chop. You go chop, you go chop. You go chop, you go chop. We say, you go chop, you go chop. Like, you're saying, I'm running with Usain Bolt and Toss go chop. <laughs> it's like a mockery, you go chop. Hey. Then she won Miss Eastern Region. She went to National. He go chop, 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 he go chop. Final, is it final three? Oh, he go chop, he go chop, he go chop. She won this gun. We couldn't believe her ears. We couldn't believe her ears. You find them to be the most normal people. But you see, what makes them special is that they are separated. It's the separation that brings the specialness. Miss Ghana is not special. What about Miss Malaika? Yeah. The worst of all is Ghana's was beautiful. Ah. I thought we are playing games <laughs> in our country. <laughs> I thought we are playing games. It's just money-making venture. They should be serious. Ghana's was beautiful. You see, but I'm saying that it is the separation. It's the separation. 
It's the separation that brings the specialness. When God also calls you to separate you, he's making you special. And accept God's chosen. Accept God making you special. Psalm 73 verse 25. Psalm 73 verse 25. Look at what he says. Psalm 73 verse 25. <laughs> I'm gonna wait on you. I'm gonna wait on you. <laughs> verse 27. Let's just jump to verse 27. For Lord, they that are far from you shall perish. It means that when you are near to God, you will, you will not perish. Thou hast destroyed all of them that have gone a whoring from thee. Verse 28. But as for me, verse 28. But as for me, it is good for me to draw near to God. As for me, it is good for me. You see, tell yourself that it is that's why we stay long in church, working for God after church. We do this, we do this, we do this. It is good for us to draw near to God. It is to our great benefit. Many people fall into sin when they leave church early. Those who are married, they go and quarrel at home. Because Sunday afternoon, there's nothing to do. There's not much to do. You go home and go and do it. You are just quiet, put the TV on. There's nothing on TV. Nothing at all. Psalm 65, verse 4. But as for me, it is good for me to draw near to God. <laughs> Psalm 65, verse 4. Blessed is the man whom thou choosest. This is one of the scriptures that encourages me so much. And causes to approach unto thee. That he may dwell in thy courts. Look at what happens to those who are chosen and are made to dwell in his court. When you are dwelling in his court, what, what will you do? The court is dirty, you sweep it. The court is dusty, you mop it. The doors are broken, you repair it. The people of God come, you serve them. There are sacrifices to be made, you, you will go and kill the sheep. You'll be working in his courts. Look at what he says after you work in his courts. We shall be satisfied with thy goodness of thy house, even of thy holy temple. Not be satisfied with the goodness of a ninth club, but you'll be satisfied with the goodness that is in the house of God. I found the temple of God the most satisfying place to be. Sometimes I talk to my friends who work in their banks and they say, I feel so sorry for them. I, I wonder, I mean, my respect for lay pastors has gone so high. The environment in which they work from, surrounded by, I mean, I don't know how they do it. But I think that when God has called you to be a lay pastor, he gives you the grace. But I think the lay pastors who don't understand how we can be in the house of God all the time. I think that whatever God calls you to do, he gives you the grace for that thing. I don't know how the lay pastors do. Reverend Kiki, my uh, pastor in Labonia, I don't know how he does it. Always girls are chasing him. Bad girls are chasing him. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a manager, rich, a nice guy, cool guy. Oh, always. Every day I talk to him, I feel sad. But for me, I'm blessed that God has chosen me to work in his temple, to draw near to him constantly. I'm satisfied by the goodness that is in the house of the Lord. And may you also, in whatever capacity you find yourself, find it of great benefit to be near to God. And may you enjoy the goodness and be satisfied by it. Stop looking for the things of the world. Jesus said, he who comes to me shall never taste. You drink of the well that never runs dry. You'll be satisfied with your goodness. He said, blessed is the man or woman. Today we are into feminism. So, 
Blessed is the man whom thou choosest. May God cause you to approach unto him today. Number three. Is the privilege of being brought near to God. You know, I remember when I was in India. There was a girl who used to sing for me. Like how Renee sings. Beautiful. Oh, she was like a CD. I sit in the church on Sunday morning. That's it. Six, fifty-four, ninety. She memorized 138 songs. Oh, I just have to mention the numbers. Like you see the it will start to play. Then one day we had a camp meeting. In the camp meeting, when you sleep, you have to even asleep, but maybe your eyes have become sexy. You know, sexy eyes. <laughs> when in the camp, your eyes become sexy eyes. Then the pastors, they came to the camp with water guns. They will spray you with water. I mean, so I'll be preaching, then one person will stand up and say, hey! Then all the pastors will stand up. Then they'll say, fire! Then they'll go and fire At the point, my singer, Vicky, she developed involuntary, what? Sexy eyes. <laughs> then, I learned something that day because when it came to the girl who I've chosen and brought near to me to serve in the holy table, instead of they say, Hey, hey, fire, then they go and fire. When it came to where they stood up, hey, then when all the pastors saw it was her, then they turned to look at me. I didn't tell them to do anything, I just was watching them to see what they'll do. But when it came to the person who I had brought near, they didn't voluntarily immediately start firing her. They turned and looked at me first. Then I looked at her, looked at them, looked at her, looked at them and said, Mercy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, but there were others. Oh. <laughs> You see, I learned something that day. That you see, when you are a useful person who has been brought near, there's something called exemption. Not that you've not committed a crime. Not that you don't deserve it. But based on who you are and what you do, you will be exempted. You will be exempted. I see you allowing God to bring you near. And I see God exempting you from due judgment that you deserve because you've allowed them to brought near. Finally, finally, when you are brought near, it is also a privilege for your family to be brought near as well. Hallelujah. Moses asked Korah, because you've been brought near, your brethren and your children have also been brought near. Set aside, become special. You see, a few weeks ago when David, he was Mills, died. The whole body of Christ in Ghana became sad. But who is he? As a person, like as an individual, who is he? And who knows him? His importance is only because of who his father is. The whole world, body of Christ worldwide, passage from Singapore, flew in for the funeral one day and then went back. Because of his father who had been brought near to God. Because of his father who had been brought near to God. So you should understand that when you take out that burden, it even brings a blessing to your children. One day, uh, when Pater Felix was in Ghana, he was driving to the first love church. And I think when he got to the junction and was turning to the church, he saw my children and their nanny walking to church. So he picked them. And when he dropped them at the church, do you know what my younger son told him? The elder son will never say anything like that. He's a bit like me. The younger son. 
as soon as he got down from the car, he told Brother Felix that, I know it's because of my father that you picked us. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. He told Brother Felix, he waited till he dropped from the car. Then he told Brother Felix, I know it's because of my father you picked us. If it was not for my father, you would never pick us. <laughs> but it was true. There were hundreds of people walking. Hundreds of people walking. But because of who their father is, because of who their father is, who has been brought near, they were given a special assistance. May God give you special assistance. May God give your children special assistance. May God give your brothers special assistance because you've been chosen to draw near. Let's stand to our feet. Pray for yourself as we close for the privilege. For the privilege that you would humble yourself as for a humble heart to accept this privilege. That whatever it is you've been asked to do, whatever it is you can do, you will walk in meekness and humility to fulfill the call of God upon your life. The most wicked person is the person who can contribute but holds back. That's why the Bible says, and cares be he who withholds his sword from blood. When there's something you can do, you don't do. You can sing, but you don't sing. You can play the piano, but nobody knows. You can give and contribute financially, but you just hold back and keep it in your pocket and make your bank account bigger and bigger. Maybe you are very good at organization, but you don't want to say it, that they will worry you. Maybe you are very good at lighting and controlling the light and you can see how maybe the state can be much better and you look at these lights and say ah but you should do more with it like this light can do this and this and this the state can be better but you but you don't maybe you are very good at events organization you've done it many times but nobody knows as there are terrorist threats all over the place Maybe we don't even know that you are a security person. And maybe you can protect us or advise us on how to protect ourselves. You keep back your sword from blood. But today, that's why this word has come. The Bible says that the times of ignorance, God winged that. God has pretended not to see. But now he requires that all men repent. This morning is a time for repentance and to throw in your body, soul, spirit into the church and say, here am I. Send me. It is time to say, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. I can help with this. I can advise on this. It is time to use your connections and it's time to use your money and it's time to use your intelligence and your know-how oh yes oh yes it is time to let the church benefit from you and the church and god to benefit from you it's time i surrender all I surrender all I surrender all I surrender all to be my love.
With every head bowed and with every eye closed, the first surrender is the surrender of your life to Jesus. That was the first thing to surrender. With every head bowed and with every eye closed, if you are here and you want to be born again, you want to give your life to Jesus, you want to say, Pastor, pray with me. This morning, I want to be born again. I want you to lift up your right hand. Just stand wherever you are. Lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. But tomorrow may be too late. If you are, Or you want to rededicate your life to God. Maybe you've been a good Christian before. But you can sense that you've gone away from God. And you want to come back to Jesus. If you are here like that, just lift up your hand. And we'll pray once. And then we'll close and go home. Stand wherever you are. Is there anybody here like that? To thee, my blessed Savior. Is there anybody here like that? Amen. Before we close also, I want to make another altar call. If you are here and you don't do anything in church, but you want to do something, it may be singing, it may be playing, it may be cleaning, it may be contributing financially, it may be anything at all. But you want to take up the privilege of serving God. I want you to lift up your right hand and pray with you before we close. You want to take up the privilege and do something in the church. Is there anybody? Ah! No, nobody wants to do anything. I see your hand, my brother. I see your hand, my sister. You want to do something, anything at all, anything at all. If you've lifted up your hand, please do one more thing. Come to me in front. Let us pray. If you lifted up your hand, please come to me in front. Let us pray together. I want to offer you to God. I want to offer you to God as a living sacrifice. As a living sacrifice. As a living sacrifice. Unto you, oh God, unto you, I present my brothers and my sisters as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto you. Unto you, oh God, unto you. Use them for your glory. As they've come to the front, Lord, surrendering their lives to you, I pray for each one of them that as the weeks, as the months, as the years go by, May they say, like the Israelites said, that you have not asked Jacob to serve you in vain. That as they obey you and serve you, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures according to your word that cannot be broken. So I give them to you. Thank you that their names are inscribed in the palms of your hand and no one can take them out of your hands. I give you the glory for receiving them. In Jesus' name, amen. After the service, our pastor will meet with you briefly. Please go back to your seats. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Clap for them. Let's take our seats.